0: Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Today, we're just outside of Eureka Springs, Arkansas. We're going to be talking with Tim Hillwood incredible guitarist and we'll talk to him in just a moment but speaking of guitars i have a a custom-made handmade acoustic guitar i've named margaret with the tonal quality of a name brand high-end guitar which shall remain nameless this baby fits my hand perfectly with a mahogany neck it glides real easily when i play but what i love most is the low end sustain she was built for me by joe mendel of joe mendel's frets one of the sponsors of music of america it's a maple bridge and fretboard, a veneer zircote headstock. I think the spruce body, though, is what gives it the resonance and that sustain. Just a beautiful, beautiful sounding guitar that looks as beautiful as Margaret. A custom-made guitar from Joe Mendel's Fretz, joemendelsfretz.com. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Hey, it's, I'm glad to be here. This is one of the joys of this podcast because the audience doesn't know this, but I've known Tim for years. I've even had the pleasure of having him jam in my back room a couple of times, if I recall, and at a party or two maybe, right? Right, right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, been some years ago, that's right.
0: Yeah, and you were with a band back then. It was you and Paul and the bass player. I can't remember his name.
1: Bass player was Bob Coley. He was, uh, yeah, we called that band Ethospire. We thought it was clever at the time, and then almost nobody could pronounce it. They'd see it, and they'd say, Etho, Etho, what? What do you call it? (laughs) so but that was fun yeah Bob was a really great bass player and uh, Paul has passed away he was uh, a drummer yes
0: yeah you guys just uh, how you came together and what you put together was just marvelous and how it didn't become international is beyond me but this was also before Spotify iTunes etc etc correct or in the early stages of it maybe
1: right maybe the early stages we probably didn't aggressively market it as much as we could that's one answer to we just sort of (laughs) played here and there and uh, really enjoyed playing and played out at different places. But yeah, I guess what, bands go as far as they go for whatever reason. It's hard to know.
0: That is such a great way of putting it. Bands go as far as they go. Because in doing this podcast, and as we were saying in the pre-interview talk that we had, I'm running into some incredible, incredible artists. I mean, just what I ran into in Alaska, the the people that are putting music out in Alaska, phenomenal. And nobody knows about them. Nobody outside of their circle. So let's talk about that with you you began playing when when did you start playing just for fun how old were you then oh well
1: that's an interesting story for me um so i'm 14 years old my 15th birthday is coming up and i was really getting into music and i was very convinced that i wanted to be a drummer got committed to that and here's a humorous way that i that i uh, that that started showing up i took a couple of sticks literal sticks from from a tree and spray painted them. It was like kind of like a metallic blue or something and and put some electrical tape at the end of it. I mean I wish I (laughs) so I started practicing, but how I practiced was I put some notebook paper of all things underneath my blanket on the bed. And it gave this sort of a I'm not it'd be too generous to call it a snare drum sound, but it was leaning towards snare drum Uh And i just oh. practice, practice, and practicing, um, so I'm telling my mom, hey, mom, my 15th birthday's coming up. I really want a set of drums. Well, we lived in an apartment at the time. This is West County, St. Louis. And she looks at me with that look, and she says, Tim, you know, gosh, this is an apartment. Drums are big. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> where are we going to put them? All that kind of thing, right? So then she said the, these several words that... I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing called the butterfly effect. You no, know, we oh, yeah. it. Different. So it's just that tiny little impetus of one direction or another that changes your whole trajectory. And she said, how about a guitar? And I was just pondering that, because it, it did sound like the drums probably weren't going to work. I got a little realistic uh-huh. in that sense and so I'm like well okay yeah okay I'll I'll try a guitar if you can that'd be great so that's what I got on my 15th birthday was a (laughs) red Fender duo Sonic which is kind of uh, what a cheaper version of a Stratocaster or something like that okay and I just really latched onto it and me and a couple guys I had this big walk-in closet in that little apartment it was a big walk-in closet and me and a bass player and a guy with a few drums crammed ourselves in this walk-in closet. <laughs> this is, pro- let's see, this is 1972, 1972, 73. And we just jammed out and I got better. And it was <laughs> that, that sort of changed my life. No, not sort of. It completely changed my life.
0: Well, sure. Now we fast forward fifty some odd years, sixty some odd years. I guess fifty some odd years later, forty some odd years later, whatever. Thirty some odd years later, fifty-one.
1: Since I'm fifty, I'm sixty-six now. So that was when I was fifty. So yeah,
0: fifty-one. See, see, you're just a baby because I'm sixty-seven. I'm (laughs) I'm sixty-seven. So you kids, you had it. You had so rough. (laughs) All right. So from playing in your closet to making a living for how long have you been playing professionally now to, and making a living at it?
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's the making a living part. I really didn't do for a very long time. I'd say really, it's been in the last five or 10 years where I've done more gigs where I could mm-hmm. make a living. I still have my, my main business with regard to uh, getting businesses found online. And so I get to work from home. And mm-hmm. that's kind of my main gig, if you will. But uh, playing guitar has been a big piece of my livelihood for, I'll say, uh, close to 10 years, and especially since coming here in Eureka Springs.
0: But you've been making money in the industry, I guess, since you were probably a teenager. Yeah, off and and on, sure. So again, the phrase, so I'm going to that phrase you said before about musicians, right? You haven't hit that point yet where you're stopping, where forces of nature are making you stop. In fact, in my opinion, from what I've seen as a third-party objective, I think your best work has come out in the last couple of years, and your recognition has grown in the last couple of years, and your presence has become more known in the last couple of years. Is that accurate? That
1: is accurate enough that I'm I'm a little stunned that you knew that.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> so because because there's two sides of that, Tom. One is just personally, you know, I, I'm a writer of instrumental guitar stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's a little different kind of songwriting. And I would say in the last few years, even though I've done this CD, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, I guess, but the stuff that's coming out of my guitar now is, I think, at a different level. And and I'm more pleased with some of the songwriting part of it, you know, the actual tunes yeah. that have come out in the last few years. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. So I'm, I'm overdue on doing another CD for sure.
0: <laughs> how many how many CDs, just in, and we'll get back to this, but how many CDs do you have out right now? There's just that one. Oh, I is, thought you... Which like,
1: is a horrible answer to give. I mean, no, I've done other little uh, little recordings that are probably out there.
0: You have but, songs that are out there, I guess, right? You've, yeah. Could you get songs with Ethoswire? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I haven't, <laughs> I, haven't I haven't revisited those in quite a while.
1: And occasionally I'll throw something up on YouTube or something. And so those are out there. Uh, I need to do you know, a nice full-scale recording of these newer pieces that have come out. Uh, in the last few years because i'm more pleased with them i
0: think and i want to talk about we'll talk about a few of those songs but i got to get to something that you brought up that kind of segues all of our ties us all together and that's that uh, you write instrumental music only you, you don't write she loves you yeah 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 you know you don't write mr postman you don't write take a letter maria you write art and i don't know how else to describe it tim it's, what you do with music is what picasso does what monet does what da Vinci does and you do it without words and you you emote you know you 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 uh trigger emotion talk about that that's amazing to have that power and that ability
1: oh generous of you to say how does one do that I don't know how to answer that question you know through the years it is like if you think of you know that there's a lot of things in life I don't think that can be explained or defined well mm-hmm. with words right And music is certainly one of those for me. Um, There is one vocal on my CD. And actually, last year, I actually sang at a wedding. Amazing. I'm 65 and someone paid me to sing at a wedding, right? (laughs) But those isolated cases aside, you are correct. It's all about the instrument and playing instrumental, you know. And and I realize that that's that's for some people. A lot of people love that. Other people are probably waiting for, uh, gee, when are you going to start singing? Um, but I really love instrumentals. I've always loved them. That's kind of what speaks to me. But you asked something about a question about how do you do that, and, and that's the part that's very difficult to answer, except that I'll tell you that my experience is, in our culture, we would say, you know, oh, I wrote this song, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of, isn't that kind of what you say? Oh, I wrote right. this new song. And that is only a small piece of how I'm experiencing this, because when a song comes together, it is more like it's through me. You know, it's 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 something that's coming through and I'm able to capture it. Uh, there was a recent song of mine. I think I threw it up on Facebook called We Got This. I actually had a friend kind of name it for me. And I was literally, this is some months ago. And so this is an example. So I'm walking from one room in my house to another. Mm-hmm. And as I'm walking, this is this is how literal and this is how uh, specific this was for me. I could start to hear a, a tune, a, a melody it was like, and I knew that if I didn't capture it, it it's ephemeral, right? It'll just, it'll just leave. And I, I will it's like trying to remember a dream two days later, like forget about <laughs> it. Right? So I'm like, okay, I need to try to capture this now. What, what is this? This is, what's, what is this that, that I'm hearing? It's this wonderful musical idea. And I suppose music is, uh, they're all musical ideas, right? So I began to work that out on guitar and hear the melody and, Try to put the bass in there and what chord goes with this other one and eventually it's like fashioning a, a different kind of sculpture only it's with tones and instead of clay yeah, i was i was going
0: to kind of bring that up because it's not just the notes it's the tone tone is such a big part of what you do
1: the tone is a really big part and so how do you describe that though is is it just given you know is it something that because because it's almost like the subconscious is working or something when I, when I hear a melody and then I want to develop that melody. That feels like it's something that's a little bigger than me. And I love tapping into that. Sometimes I do it better than others. But it's a wonderful process and I still enjoy it and more songs are, are coming out of me. So I'm like, Thank you. Thank you, universe. <laughs> <I'll> take-
0: <laughs> I was going to ask that. It's, it's like uh, when you tap a maple tree for its sap to make the syrup. Once it starts to flow, you, it just starts. It continues to flow. And it's like all of these elements that brought you to where you are now, to where music is coming out of you, now they've all met each other. And now they're saying, hey, Tim, help us get out of here. And you facilitate that in such an incredible way. I've played with you before. I've always been envious of your style. But how you played when we were in my back room over on Darling Drive in, in Afton, Missouri, versus what I hear clips now on your CD, it's like a night and day difference. You're still the same person, but all of those elements, all of those things that were inside you seem to have met each other and have found a way out through you. And I think that is what art is. Do you agree with that? Or is it just me being... Well, <laughs> No, that's a that's a really great way to put it. Um is
1: that what art is? I guess there's a lot of definitions of art and there's so many expressions of art. But having music come uh, come through and and capturing or expressing that or allowing that to uh uh inviting that maybe is is a part of of why that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Tom, I've thought about different earlier you were you were joking around about a beetle. what was that Beatles song you were mentioning? Post, Mister. I don't know, not Mister. Postman. That's not Beatles. <laughs> the other she loves,
0: one. she loves you, or yeah, what?
1: exactly. So I've wondered about, and and again, I don't know if there's if there's an answer. It might be on. It might be beyond uh, mortal understanding. But but why is it that there were some years where groups like the Beatles and they were the quintessential, you know, example of this, where so many songs were just proliferating through them so fast that they could hardly hardly had time to do their next album. And it's full of these songs that we're still singing or, or humming or addressing decades later. Right. And then it seems to, or in the cases of, of, of a lot of musicians, it, it can fade away or it can stay fairly strong Mm -hmm. for decades. I mean, I know musicians that are still writing songs after 30, 40, 50, 60 years. That's incredible. Um, And why is that? That's, mysterious (laughs) that's just a mysterious thing to ponder but it it does strike me and so every time many times when something comes through me that i really like i'm just grateful i'm just i'm just like thank you because i know it's you know i'm not even keeping my i don't know about you but i'm not even keeping my own heart beating right Right. there's an intelligence Mm -hmm. that is includes a part of us as i see it anyway i'm not i'm not saying there's any one way to see this but that intelligence that's allowing me to see and has my heart beating and has me able to uh, walk, <laughs> walk and see and feel and balance myself and without thinking about you know my blood pressure is handling things and my temperature of the oh. body, all of that's happening automatically. So I'm just recognizing that there is a consciousness and intelligence, whatever one would call that. God is a pretty common word. For right, right,
0: right. Uh, spirit, soul, uh, and then soul. Music. Soul is so big. It's such a big part. We were Absolutely. talking. My, my brother and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about uh, about AI, and I told a story about a woman who I did work for in East St. Louis. Who it's a tragic story, and I won't go into the g- details here. But when I told the story, everybody was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I said, "Now that feeling that you just experienced from me telling you that story came from here. Came from inside here." as i experienced it ai in its best day i don't think can ever replicate that soulfulness you know yeah and that's man. that's what i think comes from you from your art from all of those elements coming together and it comes out through how you not just play but how you present what you call music
1: so here's a different way of saying that and that's a really uh, that's a great um example you just gave so when somebody tells a story and people get the the real point of that story and it it somehow captures them, their heart, their mind music Mm -hmm. is that way. And so I've heard, there's this phrase that points to a truth or I'll call it a truth anyway, Mm -hmm. which is that all energy is transferable. So if you're telling your your friend has a happy story and there's a joke and mm-hmm. and you're laughing. Right. And so you're starting to laugh and then they start to laugh. They're feeling the energy and it's transferable. Yeah. And so music is that way, isn't it? I mean, um, I can always tell when I'm playing out there, which is usually now, you know, um, I can always tell, I look out, I look out into the audience. Sometimes it's larger. Sometimes it's, uh, six people, <laughs> you know, like it, it varies uh-huh. a bit from, from place to place. And I can see the people that are tapping their feet, or they're just—you can tell by their body—they're into it. And and others like that's not their thing, and they're talking to—they're there to be with their friend. And that's that's the energy there, if you want to say that's the energy they're transferring, right? Is what between them and their friend. Right. But I can always tell the people that are—they're feeling that music, and they're they're allowing themselves to um, to be moved by it and to enjoy it.
0: So the first song we're going to talk about. And this kind of, to me, segues into what you just mentioned about Eureka Springs, but the song is called As Far As The Eye Can See. And there are points throughout the Ozarks, because I'd, I'd lived in Nixon, Missouri for a while, just outside of Springfield. I did work down in Branson. I'd Peggy went to school in Springfield, and we've spent several visits, both of us, and growing up, all of us in Missouri have at some point in time been down to the Ozarks. And there are so many points in the Ozarks when you can be on a mountaintop or a hilltop. And it's... yes. Magnanimous as far as the eye can see. Now that's that's where I thought that might have come from, and I might be wrong. But does Eureka Springs tie into the title of that song?
1: Well, that song was written well before I ever lived in Eureka Springs. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay, so no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and yes, I'm. You know, I'm inspired by nature. Uh, right now, as I'm speaking to you, there's a there's a window over here to my left. And all I see through that window is our woods and trees and some pretty large trees. And it's just beautiful. And the sun's shining. That just inspires me. Um, As far as the eye can see was how do you take an instrumental song and try to put a name on it? Right. There's a rhetorical question. (laughs) Here's a rhetorical
2: answer. (laughs)
1: What what mood, what feeling, what sense, what experience does it evoke? Uh, So there was like a distance I could feel in that song of, like uh, the kind of distance that you described earlier when you say look out the Ozarks or you look over a mountain and you just see as far as you can go. Now there's another sense of this, and I've I've shared this a little bit sometimes when I've introduced this song, which is that life, and I, I can't I don't know for sure if I if this showed up for me when I wrote it or not, but maybe some sense of it. That life is such that if you think about it, you go when you're walking or driving or, or you're imagining where you're going to go, you kind of go as far as you can envision. And then when you're there, think of, think of like driving, you know, like car headlights would be a great example you know, they only go so far. And so that's what you're driving into. That's what you're living into. Yeah. And then from that from that place, from that new place, you can see further again, right? You, Oh, You'll oh. Still have another distance that will occur as far as the eye can see from that place. And so so I think of it as a way of of going through life. But yeah, that distant, long, sustained notes that are in there, that that provokes kind of a distance and that long seeing that you're talking about.
0: And now I get it. I've listened to the song and I love it. I'm, I'm a friend, but I'm also a fan, Tim. I listen to the song when I, I big walk every day. I walk three and a half miles or so every day. And I listen a lot of your music when I do that because it just puts me in a place. But now I get it a whole different way. And I'm going to wow. play the song now and see if what we just talked about comes across to the people that are listening to us right now. So, All right. So Tim Hillwood is our guest. And the song we're going to play here is called As Far As The Eye Can See. Tim Hillwood, as far as the eye can see, from Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Music of America in the state of Arkansas this week, and we'll get back with Tim shortly. You you meet, you fall in love, you commit to each other. That's the easy part. Somehow, after two years or so, things begin to be challenging. Emotions and flair have waned. You disagree more, you're feeling disillusioned at times. This period of disappointment can last a long time, even years. It's usually at that time when couples seek out a therapist to help learn better communication skills. Two Years After Forever, a relationship workbook is dedicated to help couples find that effective communication. This guidebook, sort of a how-to book, teaches you some skills to learn about communication deficiencies that likely exist, but better, it offers exercises to improve those skills and be better communicators, better partners. Two Years After Forever is not a self-help book. It's a workbook. You have to do the work. And if you do these exercises together, apply the lessons you learn, you will absolutely see a difference in all your relationships, particularly lasting into the future like forever. Two Years After Forever, author Mike Pollard, 30-year therapist, Two Years After Forever, two twoyearsafterforever.com, and available at Amazon today and forever. Tim Hillwood, Eureka Springs, I was going to ask you about your style and uh, you know because in society we pigeonhole things it makes things simpler for people like me you know this is rock and roll this is jazz this is blues this is disco this is hip-hop how would you define your style because it borderlines a lot of different styles i think
1: well there is a there is somewhat of a spectrum there uh it does vary some some of some of the instrumentals are you know they lean jazzy uh, some of them lean toward what some would call uh, new age, or just um, gosh, even that's kind of a fuzzy term. <laughs> there's some new age. Music I would really like it. Others that are like, no, nah, I don't, I don't care for that at all. So others are just melodic fingerstyle guitar, and and there's even a few that lean a little folky or country. I've got a few mm-hmm. new ones that, that if I had to push them in a direction I'd say they're kind of folky or almost almost like what a banjo would play but on a guitar right so having said that most of that music is designed with the intent of uplifting people of being inspiring being uplifting and so that that plays out now five years ago Tom I was in Durango Colorado right and uh-huh. I lived there I lived there for 5 years and and when I was there I was mostly playing electric all the gigs that I did were 95% electric guitar with two younger guys that were really ahead of their time musically they're just in their early 20s but they're amazing players bass player and a drummer and that was like jam band you know kind of music so I still I still really like that was somewhere between rock and jazz and fusion and the drummer just moved things around, and we just went with it. It was a lot of fun and a lot of improv, right? A lot of improvisation. I like all of that. Um, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I haven't come together really with a bass player and drummer here yet. So all the gigs are mostly solo unless I record something. Um, but it's all inspirational and usually uplifting. And I'm um, I'm kind of an, I think of myself anyway as a pretty upbeat guy, and so hopefully that comes through the music.
0: When you do improv, I think of you as a jazz player, all right? Okay, I'll accept that, just for a okay. small. We're, when we're sitting around just jamming with a drummer and, and another bass player, or a bass player, another guitar player, something like that, I find you in your element doing a lot of rock and roll. Okay. When I listen to your CDs, especially your solo work or your solo songs, I put you under the small s spiritual, or what you called new age. Like if I'm scrolling through music choice to listen to music while I go to sleep, you know? <laughs> untrue, uh, it? New, yes. new age new age really seems to be it but it's really a conglomerate of those with an occasional country flair occasional bluegrass picking going on over here that's how i hear your music yeah so I, can I can't that. i can't pigeonhole i can't call you a blues man i can't call you a jazz master right or you you're you're <laughs> you're Tim Hillwood music, man. That's that. And that is such a cool identity. I think.
1: Thanks. Um, yeah, I don't, gosh, I, and I like so many kinds of music. I mean, if you, if you had a hidden camera in my house, you know, and you just turned it on one day, you'd, you'd hear me listening to, uh, uh, electric guitarist by the name of Mateo Mancuso, like really fast, Mm -hmm. but melodic jazzy rock. Uh, right. And then, you know, the next day I'll be listening to, uh, pianist by the name of let's say who probably almost nobody knows i think he's from poland or something Plays uh-huh. amazing uh music with uh lars danielson a bass player and so it just my tastes just run all over the place i guess those influences show up somewhere i am the type of person who who um like if I sit down and listen to let's let's just say Celtic music, I don't do that very often, but occasionally, if I listen to that for a little bit, and then immediately after, if I go to my guitar, I'm inspired by that kind of music, and that's probably going to be coming out on the guitar <laughs> or classical. I even like some class. I love some classical music. So yeah, it's quite a mix. It's I always no-
0: wonder what musicians listen to. There's a big jazz festival that that we go to every year in Vermont called discover jazz wow. and you know you've come across a good jazz band or trio or whomever when you see the other artists watching there you go when they're in the audience and they're enrolled they're that energy you talked about <laughs> earlier they're caught into that energy that's when you know you've got type of music you know you've gone to that type of music uh, absolutely when you hear a jazz when you see a jazz musician watching and studying so, who do you or do you study? Do you study music, or do you just listen and pick up stuff, or just listen and relax? Or it seems like you are kind of all of those.
1: Oh wow! Well, you got me. You have me answering or asking myself that question. Do I study, <laughs> uh, do I study? Not probably in the traditional sense of study. Um, I definitely listen. I love good musical ideas; they captivate my brain, but I don't uh, try to emulate them. So there is a little bit of a back drop story on this you probably you probably heard about my did you hear about my hand accident with my hand in 1993 no no okay so this was this is interesting Uh, so before 1993 i mostly played other people's songs i'm really glad i did i those songs need to continue i'm glad that lots of bands are doing that because we want to be able to hear those songs in, in a lot of different uh, versions in the years to come. That's mostly what I did until 93. 1993. 1993, I, I had a painting business, and I was up on a walkboard. I do tell a part of this story on my website, timhillwood.com. And I'm up on this walkboard, and the whole thing, I won't tell you why, but it was just the way it was set up. The whole thing went backwards, and I'm like 20 feet up in the air or so, right? So... I landed on a very narrow stretch of ground, you know, grass mm-hmm. with rocks to the left of me and some railroad ties to the right. And I oh landed in the middle, you know, where the grass was, thank, thank God for me, and passed out. Like, it just, the force of that fall just knocked me out. I woke up with, with about seven or eight paramedics in a circle around me. Wow. That's, a
2: strange,
1: <laughs> that's a strange feeling when you wake up that way. Cause I was knocked out and I looked up and I was bleeding out of my mouth and they were like, Oh, we don't know if we should move him. You know, he could be internally bleeding. And I started moving my background. I go, no, I just bit my lip really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I looked over at my hand, Tom, my left hand, this is the one that, that right. does the cords and the frets and all that. And my fingers uh, were backwards. So they had been completely pushed oh out God. of the joint it's actually easier if you just break a bone, they can just reset it. But pushed out of the joint, those joints in my in the hand, I found out, are very complex mechanisms. They have vacuum mechanisms in here and tenons and all kinds of things that have to work in concert. And anyway, long story short, I had a stiff hand for a while. Doctor wasn't, he didn't give me the most confident answer when I said, will I be able to play guitar again? <laughs> I got super committed that year. I mean, and I don't know about you, I'm going to guess it's true for everyone, but if you get really, really committed to make something happen and you put like a lot of life force behind it and you're and you're at that every day, you'll probably make it happen. That's just the magic of the universe and commitment. I don't know how else to explain it, but a year, year and a half later, I was playing one day and I'm like, whoa, whatever I just played, I couldn't do that before this accident. Uh So about a year and a half later, it just sort of, it took that long to go from a stiff hand to playing uh, better than the levels I was at before. And from that point forward, around 1994, 95, I uh, started doing the CD, the music to the CD started coming, started being put together then. It was like, oh, there's music in me personally coming through me and i need to pay attention to it and that was a wake-up call you could call that a wake-up call from the universe because <laughs> uh, it changed the direction of where the music went after 1993
0: all from a fall we uh, right all from a fall
1: all from a fall maybe that'll yeah that could be the name of a song
0: <laughs> uh, there's a, a a motto my daughter has me doing this writing assignment and one of the things was like life mottos and one of mine is that i use a lot is the one who says i can and the one who says who says i can't are both right when you decide to commit yourself to something like you're saying the universe says thank you i think and they bless you by yes. giving you what you're looking for that's my experience as well absolutely so instrumental music i think of as great background music for movies that really help paint the picture of a scene Let's say a season. Oh, I don't know. Maybe spring. (laughs) See where I'm going with this?
1: (laughs) That's a clever segue there.
0: (laughs) The next song I wanted to talk to you about. We call it Spring, and given what you've told us now about music and how music talks to you or comes from within you, there's a when you were telling that story, I, I got thinking about creating life force and creating children and i talk talked with so many musicians and they they coddle and protect and hold on to and cherish and love their music the way a mother or father would with a child and i thought of that when you were saying that that when you're talking about how it doesn't you're not just writing music it comes from within it's a power it's a an energy and it all comes together with what you've told me about you and your connection with the elements or uh, with nature I have to think that we call it spring isn't just a song about the spring something happened inside I think during the spring where those forces came together that which is being created inside you and the elements outside of a beautiful time of year called spring came together and gave us this incredible piece of art there that's my interpretation of your song
1: wow that's a that's a great that's a great way of of observing and 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 you know words can only attempt to explain right so so hitchhiking on your comments a little bit um we call it spring so think about the nature of words if you had a i mean there's so much wonder that is happening through all the seasons but maybe particularly in the spring right like Mm -hmm. plants seem to i'll just say remember that they're alive again, right? And the trees come back to life and Mm -hmm. the flowers are coming out of the ground. If you picked up the ground and you looked at the dirt, you'd say, what can come out of this? Well, everything, you know, it's, it's seriously, it's a miracle. It is a complete miracle that I think most of us have gotten used to. We have words for it. We call it spring. And yet what is it really? It's way beyond words. Uh, Music itself is way beyond words. The the leaves that I'm seeing out my window are beyond words. I can label them. I can call them something. So when I say we call it spring, it's recognizing that what you call something is one thing. What it really is is way beyond words. Wow. And there's an there's an old expression or some. I think it's an eastern. Might be an eastern uh, philosophy or something, but it said. There's some truth in this. I'm not saying it's this black and white, but it said if you, once you find a hummingbird when you're little and someone... I'm describing this in, in in my words. And you decide, oh, that's a hummingbird. From that point on, if you're not careful, you will cease to be able to see it for what it really is. Because it's not a hummingbird. That's just the word that was assigned to that little miraculous life form that's Uh buzzing around the trees and gathering nectar. Right. So it's so that, I don't know if I answered your question that we call it spring is just, it's beyond words, but we do call it.
0: In this interview, I have gotten to know a much more deep and more profound Tim Hillwood. So when I heard the song, the first half a dozen or dozen or two dozen times or whatever, I'm thinking we call it spring and immediately the word spring triggers in me images of spring, rebirth, freshness, anew, blah, blah, blah. And so that's how I approach listening to the song. Now I have to listen in with a whole different set of ears, a whole different mindset and a whole different soul. Deep and that's, 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 that's the cool thing about your music and how you produce and how you uh, put music together. But I'm going to stop drooling all over the microphone here about this song. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to play it. All right. All right. Great. Thank you. you think, anything you want to add to this, or should we just play the song?
1: Yeah, just go ahead and, and play it. It's, um, it was enjoyable to have that come together, and I'm glad to share it.
0: It's cool. It's really cool. This is Tim Hillwood from Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And this song, we call it Spring. Mm-hmm. This is fun, Tim. This is uh, just an incredible, incredible to me uh, interview. Thank you. I'm digging the shit out of it. I'm digging the shit out of it. I mean, it's just uh... well, then there's then
1: there's two of us. Yeah, I really appreciate what you're doing. You're just you're drawing out uh, what's in uh, various musicians, and we all come in different flavors and colors, and and every everyone's unique. I know that sounds cliche, but.
0: You know, it's like, absolutely true. That's why music styles are so different, and, yeah. and, and and I could go on and on about stuff. But real quick, some things I wanted to say to you. Uh, sure. I watched an in, or listened to an interview the other day. Where this goes back to uh, songs and where they come from. The song uh, 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 "Close Your Eyes" and I'll kiss you. What is it? Uh, uh, All my loving. All my loving was the awesome. first. Was the yeah. first song Paul McCartney wrote where the lyrics came first? Wow.
1: Interesting.
0: And that's something. That song was, you know, how many years into their success? His wow. his songs came from the instrument first. He says, you know, I'd start the piano, pick up the guitar, oh, stop that <laughs> <laughs> And it's something that just come out. And when you're talking about like this, I'm like, oh my God, this is exactly what what Lennon and McCartney did. You know, they just kind of yeah. got together and just let those things and then and that force, that energy that you talked about. It hit them when they were, like, in their teens. Incredible. So it's like their their essence met the essence of music at a young age and send their life on a, a trajectory like nobody has ever seen.
1: That is amazing.
0: Something. All right, so that was one thing. <laughs> and then the other thing, we were talking about tone, and I want to bring that up here because I love the tone. I love everything. This is probably out of the three songs, my favorite song, The uh, Ethos of Sultry, and tone plays such a big part of it. There was an interview with uh, uh, Mark Knopfler, and that that very recognizable indeed yes. indeed on money for nothing that yes he stumbled across it in a recording studio he stumbled wow. across that tone and that is such a signature tone it goes it's almost impossible to replicate because I can't tell you what I did <laughs> wow isn't that something. <laughs> And it's it's not just the riff; it's the tone of the riff that makes the riff. Okay, so I want to bring that up, and that will be how we like kind of jump right into because we're going a little long here. Uh, that's okay. how I'll, like I'll do one more commercial, and then we'll talk about that. We'll talk about tone and go into sultry. Okay, super, super. cool. All right. All right, so three, two. Well, we call it spring. I call it art, and I call him my friend. It's a. Tim Hillwood from Eureka Springs. We're going to talk about another song of his in a moment here, but I wanted to talk about amps. I'm, are you a 30 amp guy? Because I've I've got 50. I've got 100 watt amps. I got a couple of 30s that I use to mess around with, but I don't really play through them. But the 30 amp, the 30 watt amp from Landry beats them all. The LS 30 from Bill Landry and Landry Amps. He takes a lower gain section of his distortion channel and made it one channel, low wattage EL34 powered amplifier. Then he divided that channel into two with a shared tone stack. Add a few switches for brightness, separate gain controls, master volumes, and band. the LS30 from Landry Amps with all the goodness of an EL34. Clean channel can transition to beautifully clean to slightly distorted with the distortion channel with two levels of gain for rhythm and for lead, all operated with your foot switch. Plus it features tube buffered effects and reverb loops. So all this and barely 25 pounds, the LS30 from Landry Amps, LandryAmps.com and check them out at YouTube as well. Landry Amps. Sweet. Tim Hillwood, our guest today has had the joy of meeting Tim Landry. And I guess you guys have played together once or twice. Have you?
1: We have. Bill, um, I was really impressed with his amps as well. Of course, Bill is, uh, you know, some would say genius. He's certainly, you know, we were talking about that power of commitment over time. There's yeah. a guy. Boy, who no really kidding.
0: no <laughs> kidding.
1: Wow. Yeah. And he knows how to create that kind of tone that you get on uh, from electric guitars in a way that uh, few people do. So, yeah, my hat is definitely off to him.
0: You did a good job there because I was going to bring tone up. In the break there, we were talking about Mark Knoppler in the song Money for Nothing. In an interview I saw with him recently, he was talking about that opening riff, and he came across it by accident in the recording studio. That, that, da, 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 But that distortion riff isn't that riff without that tone. And tone is such a big part of your music especially to me especially in the song ethos of sultry i get lost in that song on so many levels i let it flow i ride the wave if you will but sometimes i just really get into the intricacies of what you have done with music in that song so i would like you to tell me anything you can and want to about ethos of sultry it's such a great piece
1: Gosh, um, so for a while I was playing. I was doing some gigs with a with a wonderful saxophone player by the name of Bradford Smith, who was in Eureka Springs for a while, um, and we did some gigs together. Bradford also has the skill set of uh, you know that that techie. Um, it's a combination of of techie and and just being a good listener of music to create uh, bass in the background, a little bit of drums in the background, getting tone, uh, you know, recording it well. <laughs> so I was really fortunate to have him uh, record that when we were playing together. A little more about tone is just that, uh, you know, you're kind of reminding me as you ask this question that um, there is some, there is uh you know, I record some things. When I say record, it's amateur recording, right? When I'm just recording yes. it at home, and or playing out on a gig, you know, you get the tone that you get. I use a um, I use a Lexicon reverb unit mm-hmm. because the uh, Fishman amp I use is is okay, but the reverb is is uh, mediocre at best. Yeah. so i want that a little bit of that fatness of that sound so i use i put a lexicon uh reverb on top of that and i bring it with me whenever i'm playing out so that's that's a big part of the tone but just to have it just adds a little bit of fatness to it uh, i know that bradford um added some of that to um to ethos of sultry mm-hmm. and yeah it's you're right if if the tone's not there it's it's even difficult to play for me. You know, it's like, it's just not,
0: I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you like, how is it when you you put something together where all the parts rely on each other to breathe? And then one of those parts are gone. How do you replicate that live? (laughs) Well, I play that song
1: solo, but it it doesn't have the, uh, you know, the bass part behind it, the drum part behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have learned how to play it solo. It's got a few chords in there and I'll hit the chords and then I'll, riff off on the riff and go back to the chords okay that's tricky to do but you know it does the one good thing about these solo gigs that i'm doing is that it does um keep my as some people say keep your chops up yeah yeah. (laughs)
2: because
1: if you're playing naked it it is like playing naked in the sense of there's no band to hide behind man (laughs) occasionally i'll hit the wrong note and i'm like well you can certainly hear that note <laughs> you know there's nothing to hide there's no drums bass organ yeah. so so playing solo and I, of course i'm a fingerstyle guy i've got these fingernails that i have to <laughs> deal with
2: right, right
1: sometimes i feel like i have to explain it to somebody this is why my my right hand has fingernails and my left hand does not it's not just that i'm weird but um but tone is huge, and you're absolutely right. If it's not there, um, I don't know. It, it it really affects the playing in a huge way, and it's, I don't know if it's 80%, but it's way there. And somebody will give me a guitar once in a while. It has lousy tone, and I'll play it for two minutes, and I'm like, thank you, and i just give it back to him. <laughs> I don't you're know so how
0: much nice. I can get out of it. You're so kind. Oh, thank you. It's really <laughs> nice. Thank you. Okay. Good. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um ethos spire ethos of sultry any connection between that i mean what tell me about ethos to tim and how ethos plays into the character that you are wow uh
1: tom asks the deep questions that's here, right tom. or or we can <laughs> just have a peanut He's butter jelly sandwich <laughs> <laughs> okay there's yeah um uh, the word sultry and and what that evokes. Uh, gosh, can I even describe that? Um,
0: well, I was hitting more on the ethos. I wanted to because ethos is the more thing.
1: on the ethos. Yeah. Um, so that's like the essence for me. It's sort of the essence of a thing. Okay. The flavor, the atmosphere. Uh, what does it? Ev- something that's evoked. Uh, The nature of, you know, some would say the nature of a song or the nature of anything has an ethos to it. And so with that song, it just it had this sort of sultry vibe to it for me anyway. And so I just call it the ethos of sultry. Really enjoyed playing that. I'm so glad that Bradford could um, record that. And he did uh, the saxophone on that song, which I thought he did an amazing job. Um, so I'm just glad we captured it before
0: him <laughs> while wow, he still here. Do you use, uh, 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 I think they're called, I don't know what they're called, the loop station where you'll lay a track and then you can try and simulate the sax by playing a different lead, playing the notes but playing it on guitar over that which you would be normally playing when you guys were together. Does that make sense? Did you follow that?
2: Yeah. Like he would, uh, you know, when I
1: played with him, he could – rig that up um i don't do much of that i don't do much looping i did some years ago uh just in one like for i don't know a few years i had this i think it was called a jam man all right and i just put on this rhythm mm-hmm. yeah. and i would riff out you know just improvise for hours i mean an ordinary person with with a there's something wrong with it. <laughs> he's still playing it's two hours later The like guy's still playing to the same track but new ideas were coming out and it was really good practice other than that, um, I I don't use a looper. I I do think about it sometimes because it does add another dimension.
0: And you've got experience with them, so it wouldn't be like having to learn a new tool, right? You just have to modify it to fit who Tim Hillwood is now versus who Tim Hillwood was years ago when he used to use one, right?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, you're kind of provoking me in a good way. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm thinking. I, there probably are some cases where I would use one. I the other day a few days ago I had on a backtrack and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna play to this backtrack and then I threw it on Facebook right It's like a, a, yeah. not probably less than a week old And a lot of people were like oh that's incredible blah 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 And I'm like, well, it was a good backy track and I'm just sitting back um, making up seeing what music comes out of the back of, out of the improvisation of that. It's enjoyable.
0: So we hear you live. You'll play Ethos of Sultry, right? We come see you play at a coffee house down in York, sure. and you'll play But it's not going to sound the same because you've got bass, drum, sax on the recording. Right. So let's, let's hear that finished product, and then we're going to come back and talk a little about you and how people can find out mo- or hear more of your music. But right now, Tim Hillwood and Ethos of Sultry. I could listen to a five-hour version of that song. I think I, I just love that song. Ethos of Sultry, our guest Tim Hillwood from Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And Tim, before we say goodbye, this is the portion I call shameless self-promotion. So, let's hear about where we can find you, where we can find your stuff, where we can catch you live, festivals, coffee shops, just whatever. Where do you where do you play? How often do you play? And where can we get your music?
1: So most of I'm going to say 99% of my playing is usually somewhere around Eureka Springs. For those of you that don't know where that is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, Well, that works. Um, It's Northwest Arkansas. It's a very unusual town, very scenic. Uh, We get a lot of tourists here. There's a couple of hotels. Uh, One of them is Basin Hotel and the other one is Crescent Hotels. They're historic hotels. I play there quite a bit. Um very often, I will put the schedule um, of, you know, the dates that I'm playing at at, at those hotels, sometimes outside, sometimes inside, um, on my website. And now that Tom is asking me, I better <laughs> have it on my website. So I would oh, say... Oh, and,
0: and what is that uh, website? What is the name of that website?
1: <laughs> coincidentally. <laughs> coincidentally. Tim Hillwood. <laughs> Tim Hillwood. <laughs> dot com i did uh i did choose that name some years ago simply because it, it's easy yeah, I choose i chose a more unique name to use in the music world because uh-huh. it's easier to look up tim hillwood than my previous name of wilson which i still use but just not in the music world mm-hmm. but that's mostly where i play so tim is where um yeah the most of the music is found on um you know, Amazon, Spotify, I think everything but Pandora. Maybe I need to do something with Pandora. But and the CDs available there as well.
0: Individual and, songs as well as CDs, or or do you just have CDs, just have songs? How's that work?
1: Um both. So you you know, a person can buy the CD um from CD Baby or I'm not sure if Amazon might still have it, but they can definitely get the individual songs because most people uh, you know, download the music, right? It's uh-huh. uh, there's there's still some of us that listen to CDs on occasion, but that's getting less and less. So.
0: If, now so this is an audio. This is audio only, but I'm holding up two CDs from an artist friend of ours that we just picked up the other day because we still listen to CDs. Yeah, yes. we're, we're we're old Great. school. We're not so old school that we listen <laughs> to cassettes and eight tracks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about the vinyl records, they're still out there. We got yeah, CDs. they're
0: making a resurgence actually. So. They are. You know. Yeah, so that's t- where it's all
2: found.
0: Yeah. So it's uh Timhillwood.com, all one word, right? Not Tim.hillwood, just Tim Hillwood, one word.
1: Yeah, and Hillwood is just like it sounds it's hill. Man.
0: A hill in and the woods. woods. A hill in the woods, hill. But no S. Kind of like what I'm
1: looking out of my window. Yeah. There absolutely. you go.
0: And they can find you on Facebook. Do you do Insty, uh, Twitter, any of that stuff? Or
1: you know, I I don't mostly I do some Facebook. I'm I'm not as big on social. Social media, I don't want to get it's it can really suck a lot of time, but
2: it's uh, the no, life no. out of
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful out there, <laughs> but um, it mostly fa- some Facebook stuff and and whatever's on the, the timhillwood.com website. Thank you, Tom. I really enjoyed Uh, gosh, it's, it's so good to reconnect with you. You asked some really great questions. It, it provokes me to think and to, where does, where, why am I doing that? Or hey, where did that name come from?
0: Why are we here? Why is there air, as Bill Cosby once said, right? <laughs> it's Tim, that one. So much. It's great to, to have you on. It's one of the, the joys of the show is not, and again, not only are you a great artist, but I consider you a friend and it's just been a real joy to be able to talk with you today. Tim Hillwood from from Eureka Springs. Our guest today on the Music of America. Join us tomorrow. We stay in southern Missouri, northern Arkansas, right on that border. But she's an Arkansas woman. Her name is Brandy Lee, and she'll be with us tomorrow on the Music of America. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page like us, and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.